Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Answering the Call, offering a glimpse into the spiritual journeys of local priests, deacons, and religious. And now, Answering the Call with Elizabeth Piccicelli. Hello there, and thank you for joining us on Answering the Call here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 and streaming live on stgabrielradio.com. I'm your host, Elizabeth Ficicelli, and my guest today is officially the youngest priest in the diocese, turning 28 just recently. Uh, Father Brett Garland was one of the five who were ordained to the priesthood this past May, and we are delighted to have him with us today to share his journey. So first of all, welcome, Father Garland, to Answering the Call. Thank you very much. It's a blessing to be here. It's a blessing to have you here. Um, now, you are from a farming family in rural Fayette County, uh, kind of near Madison and Pickaway counties, with your home parish being St. Coleman of Cloyne in Washington Courthouse. So yeah. start by telling us a little bit about your family and your earliest indoctrination into the Catholic faith. Sure. Yeah. So I, I grew up yeah, right outside of Washington Courthouse. Um, we we have corn and soybeans on, on the farm, and and we grew up working on the farm, and um, you know it said that uh, a farmer uh, is 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 close to God. It's it's hard to not believe in God when when you're praying for good weather <laughs> yeah. for the crops and and whatnot. And uh, I was joking with somebody just recently that I'm I'm my dad's inside man for for good weather. Um, although <laughs> I I haven't been doing so well recently, but it's been a wet fall. Yeah, it um, has. but yeah in. In in my early years, I I was invited. I think I was in fourth or fifth grade to to serve at, at St. Coleman's as as an altar boy. We had uh, a new priest um, that had just come in, Father Jan Sullivan, and he. It was about two thousand, I think, when he came in the the, the great jubilee year, and he um, asked me and and he also asked my my two brothers to to begin serving at St. Coleman's as altar servers. Um, so I have a twin brother, um, and I think Father Solomon's love for symmetry had something to do with his his, his choice of us as servers. <laughs> he wanted the perfect acolytes uh, to hold the candles, and and our older brother <laughs> to, to to hold the crucifix as, as we we're processing in. Uh, my older brother um, denied the request; <laughs> he wasn't comfortable serving at that time. But Ryan and I decided that that we would serve, and he trained us, and and that was my first experience of. Getting to know a priest, um, kind of one on one in the sacristy, getting to know what uh, a chalice was, what a paten was, and the tabernacle, and all of these these funny funny terms, um, insider terms. Uh, I I began to know what they meant, and I saw Father Sullivan's love for the liturgy when when he celebrated Mass, and I was up close and personal. I could see um, right from the side of the altar there his 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 love and his devotion. Um, his reverence uh, during the mass, so that's what first kind of opened my eyes to the beauty of of, of the mass in particular. Uh, and I'd also I was comfortable asking him questions about the faith. I never went to Catholic school until college, so when I was going through elementary school and um, and middle school and high school, I would have some questions that were either proposed to me from some of my friends. Most of my friends were not Catholic. And they had some questions, and I wasn't always able to answer those. So either questions that they uh, posed to me or questions that I had on my own heart, um, I would come to him to, to ask uh, about those things. And, and he's also a great preacher, so I learned a lot from, from his homilies. So I was really formed sacramentally and in the faith there in that parish community. Even without a parochial school, we had a, a pretty good CCD program 
and and through um, the catechists, they they were very devoted and and and, and also were, were very good at proposing some some probing questions, going beyond the the felt banners and, and the uh, the the coloring books uh, type of, of catechesis. Sometimes we we move beyond that so that we can uh, dive deeper into our faith, and that's exactly what they they tried to do as 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 we got older and, and could. Um, could ask those questions and, and start to, to look for, for answers what the church has perennially taught. And I know Father Sullivan actually became like a family friend, too. He did, yeah, yeah. that's right. So we found out um, not long after he had, he, had got, he, had, he had come to Washington Courthouse that he had nowhere to go for Christmas Eve. <laughs> and so I think it was one of my aunts or uncles that invited him. The, the Garlands always get together on Christmas Eve between the, the, the Vigil Mass and the Midnight Mass. And my brother and I would, would usually serve for the Midnight Mass. So we invited Father out to, to, to join us for Christmas Eve. And, um, and he'd, he'd share the evening with us, have, have a meal with, with us, and um, share his family traditions and, and whatnot. But he was really a part of the family, which was, was, was very special to, to have him interact with not just my brothers and I, since we served for him, but with my aunts and uncles, my parents. Um, that was it was really special to to have him around, and again to interact with him outside of the context of, of mass, and and to see him as as a real breathing person, <laughs> rather than just this kind of this figure up on the altar that's dressed in in funny vestments and right. um, and is always preaching kind of at us. <laughs> he's he's a he's a real a real person, and and so we we had different conversations and realized that he had other interests. Um, Would you say that he um, he was an inspiration for you to think about priesthood yourself, or did you have other ideas about when you grew up? Definitely. He, he, he definitely first kind of proposed the question without saying it um, uh, word for word. He, he, he definitely proposed the question in his, his love for the Mass and his, his love for the sacraments for, for being a part of our, our family as well. I saw that he wasn't lonely, even though he wasn't married and didn't didn't have a family of his own. He he could very much be um, a loving and joyful person, and so that kind of again opened my eyes to um, the fact that the, the priesthood is is uh, a beautiful um, way to serve God in a way, but it, it's not it's not somehow devoid of joy um, as as we might think because. Oh, the priest has got to be lonely since he, he's not married or he doesn't have a family. I've never found that in, in the four months I've been a priest. I think today is the four four month anniversary. Um, or, so I, I've never never been lonely yet. Um, I mean, you know, there's times when um, I I need to to talk with a friend or or, or to one of my brothers. Um, but I I'm, I'm very much supported by the the priests that I serve with and by the community that I serve. Mm-hmm. So and and I first saw that in, in Father Sullivan. Now you you had mentioned briefly about how you used to answer some of the Protestant kids' questions in elementary mm-hmm. school, and you continued to play that answer man uh, for questions <laughs> about Catholicism in high school uh, during Art Lab. Um, you yeah, were the yeah. uh, president of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes because you were a soccer player uh, mm-hmm. yourself, and so it looked like your faith. You know, you were still growing in your faith, your knowledge of your faith, your appreciation of the faith. Um, so when it was time for you to look for college uh, after high school, uh, which one did you choose and why? Yeah, I, I visited a, f- a few colleges, um, but I, I only applied to Catholic schools since I didn't have the opportunity in elementary or middle school or high school to, to go to a Catholic school. I, 
I definitely wanted to make that a priority uh, for college so that I could I could delve deeper into my faith and into answering some of those questions uh, that I had. Um, I, I was definitely thinking of the priesthood pretty seriously at that point, but without any experience of, of Catholic education um, in, in, in a school setting outside of CCD, um, I, I really wanted to, to, to be in a place where I could, I could delve deeper into those questions. And so I, uh, I applied and was accepted into the Catholic University of America. I visited there. This is what, what sold Catholic University t- uh, to me. Uh, my senior year, I went on a trip to, to D.C. for the March for Life for the very first time. And I went with a group of, of young people from St. Saint, Saint Peter's and Chillicothe, and there were a few from St. Coleman's as well, if I remember correctly. And we slept on the floor of a gymnasium on Catholic University's campus, which that's not what sold me in Catholic U. <laughs> it was more the, the mass the night before, or that, that evening uh, before we had to sleep on the floor <laughs> uh, at, at the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception. Um, I, I saw the beauty of this church, of the building itself, of, of all the sacred art that was there. And, but I also saw the beauty of all these young people um, standing room only for that mass. And uh, there were all these cardinals and bishops and, and priests and seminarians that were there that were processing in. And it was just a beautiful experience of Catholicism, one that I hadn't experienced before in, in that kind of scale. And so, so in that moment, at, during that mass, I, I thought, well, this is, this is a really special place. And I think, I think God might be calling me to, to come here uh, to be nourished um, as I was during that mass to be nourished in, in my faith and in the sacraments. And, and uh, so, yeah, I think uh, Our, Our Lady really did call me to, to apply there to Catholic U, and, and I visited again and fell more in love with it. Um, uh, the cherry blossoms were coming out the second visit I made, and, and it really did become this, this really nourishing environment for me at Catholic University. And you were there, actually, Father Garland, from 2009, 2013. Yep. Um, and I know that it provided you with the, the excellent academics, deep friendships. Uh, you had access to priests, both religious and diocesan. Mm-hmm. And four years later, you had reached a, dis- a discernment to pursue priesthood, or at least to test that call further in a sure. seminary environment. So what would you say specifically at CUA um, happened that, you know, that propelled you further in your discernment? Yeah, one of the great things was was meeting other priests. So before going to Catholic U, I I knew Father Sullivan and I knew a few other priests. Um, I should also mention my 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 uncle. Um, I, I have an uncle who's a priest and actually a bishop. He, he's a retired bishop of Marquette, Michigan, and he was always a, a part of our family, but kind of from afar, <laughs> because it, he was a bishop first auxiliary in Cincinnati. He was a priest of Cincinnati, um, and then became auxiliary there, and then became the the bishop in Marquette, Michigan. He he was busy. He'd, he'd come back for uh, for family events, of course, but just knowing that he had given his life in service to the church, uh, in service to to the the mission of the church, that was was definitely something that 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 asked the question, proposed the question to me, and and I saw that well, if someone in my family has done this. It's it's not so foreign. Um, so that that definitely helped, um, but it was it was really lear- learning from other other priests as well. On top of that, um, I, I met Dominicans, Franciscans, Jesuits, um, uh, Benedictines at Catholic University. For the first time, I met religious priests. You know, those who are in part of religious orders, and and that 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 helped me to um, to discern. 
um, common life. Is, is that what I was called to? Um, intellectual life. And, and eventually I, I really felt the, the call to, to come back and, and serve in the diocese, serve the people where, where I grew up and in, in the context from where, where I was from. And, um, and that's what, what led me back to, to, to apply to seminary for the Diocese of Columbus rather than a religious order. And, and here I am now. We're talking with Father Brett Garland. He's one of our recently ordained priests for the Diocese of Columbus, and he's sharing his journey to priesthood here on Answering the Call. So as you say, Father, you, you would return to Columbus, you know, where you were raised, your home. And before you entered seminary, I wanted to touch on this. Uh, you did some traveling. I know you love traveling. I do. <laughs> um, you, you're an adventurer from the beginning. And I know you went to Hawaii with your family to celebrate the three of you boys graduating college. And then you also went to Spain for two months to walk the Camino. You know, and you did that by yourself. I just want to ask one question about that trip, the second trip. What, what do you think, um, in what way did that trip help you prepare for the priesthood? Important yeah. lesson or... Yeah, it was uh, it was really an incredible experience, and and it was, it was full of a lot of a lot of metaphors. You know, we're we're on pilgrimage, of course, as Christians. This is not our home. We're 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 travel. We're passing through, and and our destination is, of course, heaven. And the journey in itself kind of prepares us for the destination. At least it should. That's the that's the meaning of of really the Christian life to prepare us for the place that God is preparing for us even now, um, and and. It's also uh, something that's not meant to be done alone. So I, I, I was supposed to go on the, on the Camino with a, a friend of mine. He had to back out because of an internship that he, he received, and he couldn't turn it down. So I, I entered on the Camino. I started the Camino kind of alone uh, with, with no one else to, to walk with. But along the way, I found so many individuals that I, I really connected with. Um, a lot of them had kind of started their journey more as a tourist, um, but became a pilgrim along the way. Mm-hmm. I was there as a pilgrim, but but I, d- I hadn't really um, come to know what that meant. And um, every step of the way, you you understand a little bit more what it means to to be a pilgrim. And and it was it was, it was very um, powerful to me to ac- accompany these people along the way to this destination. And as I've reflected back on it, and even when I was there on the Camino in Spain. Um, it's helped me to understand what what the priesthood is is about. That it's it's accompanying people, walking with people, mm-hmm. and and helping them get to that destination. You know, and 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 the people that I uh, walked with, they helped me as much as I helped them. But it, it's 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 a giving of ourselves and and journeying with those, um, and, and and hopefully that we the the. Um, we we try to 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 make it to the the same destination. We're we're helping each other uh, to to get there. That's a beautiful analogy. I know. I love that the movie The Way. I exactly. mean, they just bring out yeah, all those yeah. themes. So um, you would spend five years at the Josephinum because a lot of your coursework did transfer from CUA. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably a different environment than college. Um, yeah, it definitely was um, much more structure than than I had in at Catholic University. I I enjoyed the freedom that I had. Um, at Catholic U, um, I was able to, to to visit a lot of the monuments and the museums. That there's there's a lot to see in D.C. Of course, even visited some senators' offices to <laughs> um, to talk about some legislation and, and whatnot. Um, but what I liked about seminary formation, even though it was so structured, uh, we had this this common this this community of men. Um, again, we're, that are going towards a, a common destination. 
and the the structure of prayer, the structure of um, of, of the classes that, that we're taking. There's not a whole lot of choices for, for what you take um, in, in seminary because we're we're being prepared for something very specific, and um, and and so we, we take many of the same classes. Um, so I, I I think that my time in seminary, uh, or I'm sorry, my time in university and with the Knights of Columbus, having this this group of men who were 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 kind of striving to to live out holier lives, that prepared me to be a better seminarian brother to to my my brother seminarians, um, and it helped me to to kind of flourish in in that environment and to really value um, the focused time that we have for study and prayer that we don't have, as, as, as I'm understanding now as a priest, we don't have quite as much um, time for, for study um, as, as, as we'd like now that, now that we are priests. So it's really the, the, um, the time for us to, to double down in, in learning um, about the Word of God, about theology, about our prayer life, so that we can be better ministers of that when we enter into the vineyard. Now, I know that during seminary, the the men uh, go on these internships, typically during the summer, get some exposure in parish Mm -hmm. life. Uh, I want to touch on one that you did that was kind of interesting, a little different. You went uh, to Costa Rica for a Spanish immersion experience. Yes, I did. Yeah, that was the summer. um, It was about three summers ago. And so I had studied Spanish from high school, even through college and, and a little bit in seminary as well. And I saw the great need that we have in our diocese of, um, I mean, we, we have many Spanish speakers who um, are in, in many of our parishes. Um, so uh, I, I saw the need to, uh, to, to study the language and to, to get more proficient at it. I, um, I went to Costa Rica really to, um, to be immersed in the language, and, and it, was, it was an incredible experience to be able to, to do that. We lived with a family. I was there with two other seminarians, and we're forced to use it every day, so, so we got much, much better uh, at it, and, and things started to click. People say that once you start dreaming in Spanish or in another language, <laughs> there, that, right? it's really, it, it, that it's really caught on. And I, I definitely dreamed in Spanish when I, when I was over there. <laughs> and I know you're using your Spanish right now. We'll, we'll get to that in a moment in your parishes that you're currently serving. But another trip that you also did during your seminary years was to Rome. Uh, you had 15 friends and family who accompanied the, the group of seminaries who went over there, including Father Sullivan. That's right. Um, <laughs> and the highlight uh, being that you were able to serve the Mass for Pope Francis, and your family was right there. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, many of uh, almost every year, the the seminarians of the Josephinum, the third theology men, go um, to Rome for a pilgrimage, and then they go to Assisi for a, a kind of retreat. And part of the time in Rome, they're usually given the opportunity to serve for the Holy Father. And we we had that opportunity that year um, when I was in third theology, and it was incredible. We we all got to to speak a few words to him as mm-hmm. he came around before mass and. And I, I spoke to him briefly in Spanish just to say that it's a pleasure to meet you, Holy Father. Wonderful. Please pray for us. And and um, I can actually say that he, he complimented me on my Spanish, said, wow. oh, your Spanish is very good, which wow. um, I think what he was actually saying is um, he, he realized that I needed the encouragement. <laughs> he saw it on my face that I was really struggling. So, <laughs> um, uh, so that, yeah, I can, I can say the, the Holy Father, who, of course, is a na- uh, native Spanish speaker, he 
complimented my Spanish. <laughs> How wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful that your family could be there. Now, sadly, your mom was diagnosed with cancer not long after that trip. Mm-hmm. Um, she did live long enough to see you ordained a transitional deacon and to see your twin brother get married. Mm-hmm. Um, but she did pass away uh, before your priestly ordination. Um, what would you say your mom's greatest gift to you was? Yeah. My my mother, she, um, she was a teacher. And um, she... I think imparted to to me and to my brothers um, a great gift for for learning, but also a great gift, um, the, the great example of 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 being a gift for others. She she always gave of herself of herself to her students, um, and and most especially to to the three of us, her, her three sons, um, and that was was incredible to to witness. I mean, you know, when you're growing up, you don't you don't um, appreciate a lot of what your parents are doing for you. But um, especially now, um, in, in those last months, we were able to spend um, a lot of time together. Um, and, and a lot of memories came back, you know, of, of her caring for me when I was sick. And I realized all that she had done for me uh, her, her entire life. And, and really, she so to go back to my story of discernment as well, she was the one to take me to those vocation retreats early mm-hmm. on when the diocese was putting them on. And she was the one to take me to the seminary the first time uh, when I was still in high school. Um, and and she, didn't, she didn't understand it exactly because she uh, hadn't had, I mean, it wasn't her vocation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she hadn't had a priest in, in her family growing up. Um, but she was very willing to, uh, to give of herself, to take that, um, that time away from her busy schedule to... Um, to be there for me and to help me to uh, ask and answer those questions that God had put on my heart. Um, so her witness and giving of herself, I think it really makes me a, a better priest, has prepared me to be a better priest um, in, in order to, to give of myself as much as I know that she gave to our family, as, as much as uh, she gave to my, my, my brothers and, 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 and the rest of the family as well. She um, is really a witness for me and an example for me to follow uh, her example of self-sacrifice that mm-hmm. really we're, we're all called to, but, but in different ways. I know she wasn't there in person, but I'm sure she was smiling down from heaven on your ordination day uh, to priesthood. It was a beautiful day. And I think a high point had to have been having Father Sullivan and your uncle, the retired bishop, there to, uh, to vest you. Yeah, it was, it was really beautiful. That's um, when, when I saw the two of them coming down to vest me, in the stole uh, of the priest and, and the chasuble, the, the, the robe that the, the priest wears, um, I, I almost lost it there. Just oh. to, uh, There was so much joy in, in having received this great gift of a vocation, um, because that's what all vocations are. They're, they're a great gift for us to, to give of ourselves um, for the good of the church, for the good of the world. And here were two men, two priests, two fathers to me, mm-hmm. um, that uh, that were coming down the steps and with tears in their eyes mm-hmm. um, and in 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 joy to to share that that kind of brotherhood now and yeah. and it is it's pretty incredible to, to to share that with them and we sense that in in the audience even though we don't necessarily know the personal connections we definitely sense the intimacy of that moment that these other priests were chosen for a reason and so that that really came across yes, in your case especially yeah. so your uh, first is priestly assignment now is parochial vicar <clears throat> at three smaller urban parishes you're at St Agnes St Aloysius and St Mary Magdalene uh, and you serve there with Father Pat Toner so how is that going 
It's incredible. Uh, the West Side has has become home for me uh, very quickly. Um, I I didn't know much about it before becoming uh, before I was assigned there. But Father Toner is is from the West Side. He grew up at Saint Aloysius Parish and has been a wonderful pastor to to learn um, under and to, to serve with. He's uh, he's a priest's priest. I think the priests of the Diocese of Columbus would would agree with that statement. He's I think been involved in in pretty much every apostolate or ministry that we offer as a diocese through his his um, many years as a priest. He's he's served in a lot of different um, areas of the diocese as well. He was a military chaplain for years. He he brings a lot of interesting mm. experience um, to the table and a lot of a lot of. Uh, Corny jokes too, <laughs> um, and in a, a good Irish sense of humor, yes, he, he, does. he gives He's... some great Irish blessings as well, which I'm trying to emulate. I um, I, I have some Irish, um, just I come from Irish descent as well, but I'm I'm not quite there with the Irish blessings, so I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah, you get to use your Spanish though. Exactly. At, at which exactly. parish is that? Saint Saint Agnes. Saint Agnes yeah, or Santa Ines, as we call it. <laughs> you know, it's only been a short while for you, but um, is priesthood beginning to feel you know more natural to you? Are you used to the Father Garland? Father Garland? Are you, yeah. You know, do you yeah. turn one? <laughs> I, I do. Yeah. At first, well, it's still it's still strange for me when people much older than me call me Father, um, but I've I've embraced it. It's mm-hmm. it, it's it's not about me. That's that's, right. that's what has helped me um, as as I serve as a priest more, as I hear confessions, as I as I celebrate mass, as I pray for the the people that I'm serving. I realize it's not about me. When they call me Father, they're recognizing God working through me, the mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, their spiritual Father, um, working through me. He's called me to to this ministry, and so it's about the office that I hold, and, and not me as an individual, even though I'm young enough to be their grandson. <laughs> in some <laughs> cases, uh, when they call me Father, they're 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 holding me me up to to a higher standard and and reminding me of 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 my call. That's beautiful. So, Father Brett Garland, thank you for sharing your story. So wonderful. We'll we'll pray for you. Can you leave us with your blessing? Yeah, it'd be my pleasure. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Again, that was Father Brett Garland. Uh, we wish him well on his um, position over at his parochial vicar over at St. Agnes, St. Aloysius, and St. Mary Magdalene. This is Elizabeth Ficicelli, host of Answering the Call. Tune in for another episode Tuesdays and Sundays at 1230. In the meantime, have a great week. God bless. Answering the Call is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Answering the Call with Elizabeth Ficacelli are available at stgabrielradio.com.